how can someone carrying the gospel message of Jesus to this world be accused of having nothing and yet possessing everything? My name is Chad Moore. I'm the Minister of Students and Family Ministries, and this is Beyond the Notes. In our passage this Sunday, um, we were walking through five aspects of this ministry of reconciliation as Paul laid out his experience with it and in his specific ministry to the church in Corinth, uh, found in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And part of this passage we labeled as the paradox. And essentially the point was that um, as we share the message of Jesus, we are going to face a paradoxical response by the hearers of that message. And we must embrace the fact that this is going to be the response that we get, that there are going to be those who respond positively, there are going to be those who respond negatively, and their responses may be polar opposites, just like Paul describes here in 2 Corinthians. And so I wanted to walk through some of these in just a little bit more detail as we go beyond the notes this week, because we didn't have the time to um, to dig in at that level. And, uh, and some of them, you know, may be a little interesting to you. And so there are a number of sets. In fact, I count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different sets here in this paradox. But they are... Um, split just a little bit. You see in verse eight, it says through honor and dishonor and through slander and praise. And then we got a period before the next sentence. So it may be fair to take those separately and maybe take them more in terms of the context of the sentence that they're still a part of in our English translation here. You know, as Paul was interacting with and and doing ministry with the church in Corinth, these descriptions of him, these responses to him, both honor and dishonor, slander and praise were both true within this one church. He could be referring to those experiences elsewhere as well, but it is fair to say that this was the response he was getting by the different factions in this body of Christ between those things, honor and dishonor, slander and praise, the same message, the same person delivering it, and yet very different responses. As we move forward to the other, the other ones here that we he was treated as imposters or false, essentially, and yet are true. You know, he was met with accusations of being, of being a liar, of, of carrying a, a false message by people who did not want to receive it. And yet, as we know, the message was true. It says, as unknown and yet well-known. I mean, within the Christian community, obviously, he was very well-known. And though you can actually in- interpret it as recognized or unrecognized, as I see in, in some commentaries uh, leading up to the, in my study this week, that th- the unknown is not necessarily just a knowledge, but a, a recognition of whether or not he is who he says he is, whether or not he is an apostle of Jesus Christ. And so he has those two polar opposite responses. Then we see as dying and behold, we live. And so that's a little bit interesting one, right? That, as if he's in the process of dying and, and yet alive. And when you combine that with the next one as punished and yet not killed, we see the picture that we are well aware of in the life of Paul in which he was being pursued. He was being beaten and um, and whipped and um, put in prison and given a, a death sentence ultimately that that even though those were the people from the world who were opposed to this message of the gospel were pursuing him and punishing him and trying to kill him, the Lord protected him. 
and he still lived and he was not killed. The next one may hit home for many of us as sorrowful and yet always rejoicing. It's amazing how much that is a a true description of the Christian life for anyone who's been following Christ for any length of time, that there are so many things in this world that would make us sorrowful, whether it be pain and suffering of our loved ones, general evil and sinfulness in this world, the things that we wish were better, maybe even the persecution that comes across us ourselves, that there is plenty of opportunity for sorrow, and yet, even though our lives are full of sorrow, we are always rejoicing because our joy is in the Lord. Our joy is not in our circumstances. We do not view joy and happiness as the same things and and, and root it in the circumstances of our life. Even though we may be facing the most sorrowful of circumstances, we may still in Christ rejoice. The second to last one, as poor, yet making many rich. As could be poor in, in a number of ways, including financially. You know, Paul has described how he faced hunger and, and, and poverty. And, and, um, and yet in, in Philippians, you know, he, he talks about whether he had a lot or whether he had a little, that, they, that he found a, a way in the Lord to be content, that regardless of what he was facing, that in Christ, he had everything he needed to. So even though he might be viewed as poor in this world, he was, yet, he was making many rich in the Lord. Not meant to be financially rich, but, but spiritually rich in the Lord through salvation in Jesus Christ. And the last one I think is just a perfect one to end with. As having nothing, yet possessing everything. One of my favorite chapters when it comes to talking about, uh, when it comes to Easter season and talking about the, the cross and the resurrection is 1 Corinthians 15, where he lays out so many aspects of what the resurrection means for us. Not least of which is that if he has not been resurrected, if he is not alive and that tomb is not empty, then we are first and foremost to be pitied. Because not only do we have nothing in Jesus, we've given up so much. We have died to ourselves and committed our lives to something that is not what we believe it to be. And yet the tomb is empty. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. That even though the world may say that we have nothing and we are missing out on life because we're not living everything to the full and and, and pursuing everything that feels good and everything that we need and watching out for number one and all these aspects of life that, that make it seem like we have nothing, we actually possess everything. I shared on Sunday from, from Matthew 7, Jesus saying, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who, and those who find it are few. He compares that with the wide, easy way that many find, that believe they have everything right now and yet truly have nothing. May we learn to embrace this paradox of this ministry of reconciliation because if we do not learn to embrace this response that we are going to get from the world, we will not be able to fully live it out in this world and be ambassadors like we can be. 
So listen, if you have, if you've enjoyed this podcast or, or, or you think there's somebody else who would benefit from listening to it, we do encourage you to like it and share it. And we encourage you to, to um, join in again next week as we continue our study of 2 Corinthians. 